This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. That is not so much what we wear that's important, it's what is inside that counts. You Amen. even see that premise in the Bible. Whenever David was anointed king, Samuel did what? He came in, he looked at David's older brother, was like, oh, surely that is the next king. And then God responded, oh, God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but at the heart. The problem is Paul here is communicating something spiritual. And even though it seems like God doesn't care what you wear, the Holy Spirit is trying to make it completely clear what you wear is. Wear Christ. If you can, open your Bible to Galatians chapter 3. And remember the book of Galatians is an interesting book because this particular area was facing persecution. And what happened was there were these group of people called the Judaizers who were coming in after Paul every time he went to an area to plant a church. And after Paul would teach his message about receiving Christ by faith, these individuals would come in and they would say, no, no, even though you receive Christ by faith, you still need to be circumcised. And they were messing up everything for Paul. And this is probably one of Paul's harshest letters. We know a lot of them are harsh. But this one is particularly harsh because the Galatians went back under the law in order to, in a sense, make themselves right with God. And Paul is trying to correct and rebuke them by telling them, you're already right with God. You have faith in God. You put your trust in Jesus Christ. And because of that, you don't need to go back to the law. Now, the reason why these Judaizers were teaching this is because they did not want to face persecution. These people who were telling the Galatians to go back under the law, they were quote, quote, Christians. They believed in Jesus, but they did not want to be persecuted. So they compromised. They didn't want to be persecuted, so they knew that if we adhere to the law, then we won't get in trouble. See, why can't we do both? We can worship God and still obey the law. Who's the wiser? God is wiser. If you know, that's one of the primary reasons the early church was persecuted under Rome. They were willing, the Romans, to have the Christians worship Jesus, but the Romans wanted them to worship Caesar as well. And because the early church said, no, we can only worship Jesus Christ and Him alone, they were persecuted. In masses. That's where we get the gladiator games, the churches being fed to the lions. That's where we get the martyrs because they would not worship God and anybody else. Here, it's almost the same thing. You're free in Christ. Don't go back under the law. The point of the law isn't to make you right, the point of the law is to show us all we can't be right. It doesn't matter how hard I may try. I'm not going to be good enough. I can score 30 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. It doesn't matter how good of a game I play. I'm not going to be perfect enough. 
I could turn in my work a day early every time I could get the job done before the allotted time for me to finish. I could cut the best hair. I could cook the best food. I could give the best counsel. I could teach the greatest lesson. But my effort is not going to gain me righteousness in God's eye. My effort is designed to show me I can't do it unless God helps me. That's the argument Paul here is trying to communicate. So we go down to verse 24 if you have your Bibles. Or if you don't, you can look up on the screen. It says, therefore, the law was our tutor. Now this word tutor here, which is translated in English, is really the word pedagogue. And it was an individual that lived in the house of a Roman family, more wealthy Roman family. And they would teach the young sons how to abstain from certain moral decisions that were immoral, or in a sense how to learn how to make proper decisions with their money or with the education. This tutor was designed to grow up this child from a child to a man. And now Paul is referencing this here so they would understand you're not under this individual anymore. You're no longer a child now that you're in Christ. He goes on to say, therefore, the, the law was our tutor, bringing us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. 25 says, but after faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. He said, think about it. We, we're now free from this. We're mature. We've received, in a sense, a yes satisfied by God and now that we are men or sons we can't go back and be children so don't go back under this tutor because that tutor isn't going to help you fulfill God's purpose and plan for your life it goes on to say for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ now I wish I could say this was just an average statement but this is an average statement this term, sons of God, is so unique. If you go back into the scripture, there are only a couple of people throughout the entire Bible who had this label, sons of God. B'nai Ha, Elohim, the sons of God. And Jesus, nowhere else is this term used in the Bible. Until here. It says, don't you understand, you are a new creature in Christ. And because you are a son of God, you legally receive an inheritance. You are open. You are free and mature. You're free and clear to get from God this great and precious promise. B'nai, ha, Elohim. You are the sons of God. Now, if you're a lady here, you may not like to hear that you're a son of God. But I can call you a son of God if you could call me the bride of Christ. <laughs> okay, we well, gotta deal with it. I don't know that's what the Bible said. I'm just saying what it said. So, because we're sons of God, we're going to get something from God. We're given responsibility, and we have to live in such a way that we bring honor to the family name. We go on. For, we're, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. For as many as you were 
baptized into Christ, what does it say here? <laughs> Have put on Christ. Some translations say you are now wearing Christ. Others say you are clothed with Christ. He's saying you can't go back under this law in order to be right with God. You've been baptized into Christ and now you have put on Christ. You're currently wearing Christ. And when people see you, they don't see you. They should be seeing the Green Bay Packer fan in the midst of seeing the Viking fans. They should be seeing the Batman fan in the sea of Superman fans. He's saying what you're wearing now is important. What you're wearing now is Jesus. And everywhere you go, they see Jesus Christ. And you've been given this precious honor because now you're a mature son or daughter. And because you've now reached this state, walk in it. Live in it. Take your pride in that. It's not the fact that me, Anthony Emmanuel Bass from West Virginia is up here preaching. No, that guy died a long time ago. Now you see Jesus Christ in me. And the life I now live, I don't live for myself, I live for the glory of God. I surrendered my will, my heart to God a long time ago. And now that God is on the throne of the holies of holies in my soul, you no longer are looking at me. But Jesus, and everywhere you go, people should be seeing Jesus. You have, past tense, put on Christ. If, conditional cause and effect, you were baptized in Christ. Are you wearing Christ? Next point, I like this. He says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ. Very interesting statement there. But basically what he's saying is you're all Viking fans. <laughs> Every one of them. It doesn't matter. There's no Anthony and Bashan. We're just Vikings. And we're one in the Viking. Amen. Preach it. I'm preaching now. <laughs> Some of you twin fans were all twin fans. I can go on and on. But nevertheless, you should get the point. We are all in Christ. We're on the same team. And the challenge of the Galatian churches, they were willing to compromise. They were willing to say, you know what? I'll go back to the law so I won't be persecuted. That's what they were facing. Persecution. Because in the olden times, ancient times, when you were baptized publicly, Martyrdom soon followed. It's almost like when I went to Iraq and we were able to witness there and I was like shouting like, goodness, 40 people got saved and they came to faith and they were like, brother, this is an awesome day. And I was like, I know, 40 people are now in the kingdom. And I'm smiling and happy but everybody's kind of like solemn and quiet and melancholy. And I'm like, well, why is everybody excited about this? Because in Iraq, when you get saved in a Muslim country, what happens is you are completely ostracized from your family. 
your friends, your finances. We didn't know ISIS was coming three months after we left. We didn't know that almost half the people we were talking to were probably obliterated. We went to Egypt. I don't know if Molly's in here. And went to Egypt. And while we were there, we were able to witness with our life to Muslim kids. And we didn't know that eventually they would start bombing and people would lose their lives. Being in the Coptic church would just mean Egyptian church. See, there now, in Egypt, in Iraq now, there's a price to be paid for wearing Christ. And in the time this was written, there, there was a price to be paid for wearing Christ. If I'm a Green Bay Packer fan, and I'm coming into the Monday night game against the Vikings, and I'm going to walk in there, I'm going to pay a price. I'm going to get cheered. People are going to boo me. They're going to put me on the Jumbotron. Everyone's going to go, boo. <laughs> The problem is, we think today in America that we don't have to pay, and we shouldn't pay a price for wearing Christ. Why are we the only ones exempt from this? We're not. Don't be deceived. Don't let cultural values dictate biblical truth. The truth is, there's always a price to pay because you've made the brave choice of wearing Christ. Got a couple points that we're done for the day. Point one, our baptism reveals the spiritual truth that we are no longer identified by any attribute other than Jesus Christ. If I had not been in Christ today, you wouldn't even know I existed. You have never heard of the name Anthony Bass. Maybe some of you because you watched the Vikings a long time ago, but maybe you were so upset with that season. <laughs> Maybe you were there with me. I was, and people tell me, stop referencing the Vikings. I can't help it. I was there in 1998 when they missed the field goal. And maybe you don't like to think about that. But nevertheless, because I'm in Christ, we know each other. And we're brothers and sisters now. And now we are on a journey together to give God glory. And we're here to help win people who are in dark places and bring them into Jesus Christ's marvelous light. We're here to use our time, talents, and treasure, our gifts for the glory of God. We're here to use all our experiences and allow God to redeem them so that we can help bring comfort to those people who need comfort. We're here to use our mistakes and failures to help draw people in and encourage them to boldly wear Jesus Christ. I remember when I was in college, wasn't living for God. I was so ashamed to consider myself a Christian because I wanted to not be made fun of. I didn't want people to raise that eyebrow at me. Did I tell them, do the one? Are you a Christian? <laughs> did, or did both of them? I tried. I used to try to play the rock and I could never get it. <laughs> Isn't it sometimes it's, it's embarrassing? To say that you're a Christian. To say that you're living for Jesus. It, it makes you feel bad sometimes. So, so, you, so you compromise. You, you actually put on a, a bear's jersey over the, the Packer. And then maybe even wear a Viking coat. Because you don't want people to really know that that's not who you really are. But you're wearing Christ now. 
wear it boldly. That's how he gets glory. You've given everything to him when you decided to walk with him. Keep walking with him. Let people see Jesus. You get rewarded for those embarrassing moments. <laughs> That's how God rewards us. Stand for Jesus. We need to hide ourselves and display Christ to all. To be a church that helps win people to Christ. That helps make disciples. But also to help place people in strategic positions to lead a culture to God. I don't think the church is just what happens here in these walls, or these, these four walls. There's probably some other walls out there, but but I think the church is designed to be salt and light to the world. To the world. But when you are salt and light, you get attention. The question is, do you want that attention? I didn't want the attention. When I was called into ministry, that's not what I wanted. This is the type of guy, I'm introverted. I don't even like the way my voice sounds. I like to sit in the back of the... Back there. I'll sit in the back of the bus. I'll stay home all weekend. Read a book. Won't talk to anybody. I'll be just fine. I didn't want to play pro football. I was just good at it. I didn't want to be a preacher. I was called to it. And now I can't get out of it. <laughs> but I'm committed to Jesus. Like, I love God. I really love God. Sometimes I'm thinking about Him and I cry. I'm like, oh God, I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're pleased with what's happening because I know He sees a lot of stuff that's not that good. Hmm. And I think about that day whenever Jesus is getting all the attention. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so happy for you in that day, God. Like, I, I love God. I want people to fall in love with God. I'm not a pastor per se, I'm a matchmaker. I'm like John the Baptist. I'm pointing to the lamb, to your groom. I'm like, he's the guy. Hook up with you. It's like, I was going to say, Dennis, I'm not going there. <laughs> oh, wait, sir. Call me on. It's like you're engaged. And you're like, this is the one. And your friend comes like, oh, girl, you're lucky. I'll be the pastor. I'm like, oh, you struck gold. You'll be like, yeah, I know, I know. That's Jesus. You were truth to him. You struck gold. Be proud of who he is and what he's done. Keep pointing to him. Let him get all the attention. Keep wearing Jesus boldly. So that when people look at you, they don't see you, they see Christ. That's what this fight is about. Keep saying you're in this body. And I know, Greg, you're hot, you're beautifully, wonderfully made, I know, Greg. <laughs> I know it. But we're to humble this body made of clay and allow God to get glory out of our feeble lives. Yes, we are awesome. But we surrender all our awesomeness to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I know you have families and concerns. I know 
You have college ideas and aspirations for children, even for yourself. You have career choices to make, houses to get, cars to buy, places to go, people to see. But don't let a distraction be the primary point of this life. Don't let pastime allow you to pass by the one who has all time in his hands. It's about God. I know you've probably been to church after church, and you've been in church. You know how crazy it is inside a church. It's crazy in church. We can't be idealistic when it comes to church. We're all broken, as Jerry said. Church is a place for people who are broken and who know they're broken. And those are the people that Jesus wants to live through. Is people won't recognize that they are broken. God has a plan for your life until the last breath comes out of your body. God will use you past that. There's some people who will be rewarded after they get to heaven because of the work they did here on earth. Some people's rewards will go before them. The scriptures say others will follow behind them. Do your work for God. And read the rewards of the promise. God has given us these promises, man. And this gives us motivation. I know there's people when times are tough, they they go to these books called like promise books. And they read those promise books when they're just struggling. Because they need some encouragement, they need some hope. But God, I'm in trouble. I just need to remember your promises. That you're with me and that you'll never leave me. That you love me, that you'll be there for me, that you'll provide for me, that you'll protect me, that you'll make a way for me. Those promises are real. He's faithful to every single one. You just got to keep trusting him. Keep wearing him until the end. Why do we do this? So that we can be glorified with Christ. Kind of like if uh, we buy next year will be 2000, will it be 2017 football year or 2018? Anybody? 2017? 2017 18 season. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that one quick. It's like we wear a jersey. We buy everyone a Viking jersey. NFL champions. 2017, 2018. Imagine next Sunday if I gave you all hats. The Vikings are going to be the Super Bowl champion in 2017, 2018. If, if I gave you that hat, who in here, be, be honest, would wear that hat? One, two, three, four, okay, two, three. And those people who raise their hands, you know what? When they win, you're going to pull out your pictures on Facebook. You see the date? <laughs> you see, God, no. you see it, was, it was May of 2017. But I had faith. I was the only one in my city. And you're getting glory. Yeah, I remember, man, you were crazy for the Vikings. And that's what this was like. God will keep every single promise, every single one. But that had what? Walking around boldly. People looking at you like, what is wrong with you? Because I trust him. And when he comes through, Crazy man. He did. Everybody, yeah, he did it. Man, your God is awesome. 
I want to know more about him. I'm introduced to Jesus Christ, lover of my soul. I worked hard on this one. I thought it worked though. Jesus is my fascist demon. Jesus is my fascist demon. When I got up this morning, I made sure I put on Jesus. Matter of fact, he was already on there. And you're going to leave this church here in about another three or four minutes. And you're going to still have Jesus on. So wear him boldly. Because he's your fascist demon. People see Jesus and hopefully they'll be like, where did you get that at? I want one too. You can't be all selfish but like, no, I can't get this because it's just about me now. You can't get do like that. You've got to share the Lord with everybody. He has a lot to go around. Last point for the day. Remember, God cares about how you dress. Now hopefully you get the last point. I'm not talking about this great shirt I have on that I know you want these shirts too, but I don't know if I can give you one. No, I'll let you have it. It's not about really what you're wearing. It's about Jesus Christ. The point is, he died for you. He made a way, an amazing way, a mysterious way for you to be a Beneha Elohim, a son of God. And because you are God's son, you've been given responsibilities that sons get. Do you know the promise was to the seed that Abraham was given? It says through this seed, all the world would be blessed. This one, the promise was given to Christ. Do you know all the things that Christ gets? The land, the authority, the attention, the fame. Do you understand what God has done? Do you know who we are? We are the body of Christ. And because what Christ has won, we are one in Christ. We're going to get such an amazing reward just because we did something so small as putting our faith in Jesus. Man, I wish it was about how many push-ups we could do and then that's your rebellion. There's no words to this. It's not about how good you are, how good a parent you are, how good a parent you've been. It's not about how good you are on your job, how good you are at attending church. It's not about any of that. It's about laying it all down at the feet of Jesus, saying, I trust you into your hands. I commit my spirit. Prayer. Father God, thank you for your church, your people. Thank you, Lord God, that you love them. And I pray, Lord God, that this will be another step in the process of transformation. Lord, I know that we can't do anything. Your word says one plants, one waters, and you and you alone give the increase. So I pray, Lord God, right now for the increase in every year of your word. I pray, Lord God, this word brings them closer to you. And I pray that the process of sanctification is magnified in their life. That Lord God, they draw closer and closer to you. And 
And I pray the closer they get to you, the more they radiate your likeness and your glory. And I pray, Lord God, that you get the attention out of their life. I pray they feel your love this day. And I pray they love you back. In Jesus Christ's name. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.